0: Well, hey there, you amazing human, and welcome back to another awesome episode of the Business and Life Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Ange, from Angela Henderson Consulting, where I'm an international award-winning business consultant and coach who has helped thousands of amazing women business owners to get all the pieces in place to have consistent four and five figure months, and then on to six and seven plus figure years without burning out in the process. Now today, today I am pumped to bring on a fellow Canadian, Selena Gray, about this conversation about richness, a rich life, but also where inner wealth magnifies your outer wealth. This conversation is absolutely gold and comes with so many nuggets. Nuggets of truth, nuggets of wisdom, nuggets of reality checks, nuggets of abundance. It truly is an episode that you need to tune into. I believe it will shift your perspective on wealth, your perspective on richness, And also, when I talk about the word richness, it's not necessarily richness from a place of money, but a collective richness within your life, inner and outer. Get ready for awesomeness, and let's jump into this wonderful episode with the amazing Selena Gray, tuning in all the way from my home country, Canada. Woo! Hey there, hey there, Selena. Welcome to the show. Super excited to have you today. I'm so pumped to be here. Dude, now we were both giggling before we hit record. We both have the crokiest of voices, but you and I have been where we were like the Canadians come together today because we've been trying to get together for this podcast for a few months and we both were saying how our voices were messed up. Do we do with the podcast? We're like, we will exceed. So, you know, for those who are listening today, if you're wondering like what is wrong with Angie's voice, what is up with Selena's? We've both been running live events. so We've both been running retreats. Selena's coming off the back of summer, so you're just going to have to love her awesome husky voices today ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) All right now today we're talking about a topic that I feel we need to talk more about and I also feel specifically for women it's a harder topic that I find versus when I work with men to talk about and I just want to break down some of those barriers about this topic of wealth but specifically, specifically about where inner wealth magnifies our outer wealth. So it's going to be an awesome topic. I know you're kind of like, I mean, people say gurus and expert strategists, whatever we name We want to tell you today. Selena, you've been doing this for a very, very long time. So I'm super excited to get your insights today about wealth.
1: I'm super honored to be here. Let's do it. All right. Now, before we get started, I always like
0: to ask a fun question so the audience gets to know you a little bit better. So my fun question to you is, I know you love to travel and you take some great holidays with your little girl. Uh, so my question is though, what is your all time favorite holiday destination back home in Canada
1: though? Oh my goodness. I was not expecting you to say in Canada. Uh-huh. Um, that that was a, a uh uh-huh. So You know, one of the the favorite places that I love to go in Canada is Vancouver. It's got some magical ocean. It's got a beautiful um, food scene. It's got a wonderful energy and some of the best people on the planet. So if you haven't been to Vancouver, go visit.
0: Alright, Vancouver. I haven't been there. I've only ever flown into Vancouver for all the time I lived in Canada. I was more a back east Prince of Rhode Island, you know, New Brunswick type area. So yes, I've only ever flown in. It is on my bucket list to go and explore a little bit more. Now, favorite holiday Canadian destination. Tick, I'd love for you to share with the audience a bit of background of you. Where did you start out in business or just in me? Maybe not even in business. I know it didn't just start a business. And what are you up to now?
1: So I started my career as a C- CPA uh, accountant. So I started right away into my career as a international controller. I dove in at the age of 22 and was based in Canada and toured around you know, 12, 13 countries worldwide and did that for seven or eight years till my body was just like, Mm-mm, we're not doing this anymore. <laughs> And I completely burnt out and ended up in the hospital for, you know, 22 days back home in Canada and came out with an autoimmune disease. So was a really challenging time in my life because I have always been a super A-type personality and I really wanted to grow my wealth and make a big impact. And so after that, my corporate career really shifted because I needed to take medications that would keep me you know, in country. And so I decided to just forge into the entrepreneurial spirit. My dad had a small construction business. I was like, okay, let's do this. So I started my company officially back in 2011. And it was many iterations of, you know, relationship to money, work, helping women grow their companies. And then the latest iteration of my business is richness evolution, where we really learn to harness the power of richness in all forms in our life and business.
0: Mm, well, that sounds super good. I mean, we could even talk a little bit about that. So tell me a little bit more when you say richness, what does richness mean to you?
1: So for me, when I think about richness... We tend to project this idea of richness just being, you know, private jets and having more than everyone else. And to me, it's really about eliciting a richness feeling. So when we think about our life, does it feel rich when you wake up? Do you feel peace? Do you think thoughts that feel you know, grounded in gratitude. Can you look at your life and say like, I am, I'm really grateful for, you know, the decisions I currently make, the people I surround myself with, the things that I'm proud of. When I look to the greater vision of my life, am I doing it for me or for someone else? And am I making my decisions based on scarcity or the truest version of myself? Am I honoring the life path that I really want? Have I given myself permission to burn down anything that feels unlike me and, and walk relentlessly forward in the truth of who I am? And that lets me feel like richness is in all forms time, freedom, money, relationships, you know, peace in my life. And it's in all forms. So, richness to me is most of all a feeling because when I was in. Ethiopia working in my corporate job so many of the people who I worked with there had very little outward wealth but when I spoke to them they had so much richness they were always happy and smiling and talking about their families and the relationships that they had and they really embraced the most important things and that never left me i was like i have so i had so many clients at different stages of my life that were worth you know 50 plus million dollars And conversations we would have would be like, you know what, I I just need to get to the next level and then I can do X, Y, Z. Mm -hmm. And I I saw resonance with that in my own life. I was like, I have more money than I ever did back in corporate. And I feel as poor as I did when I was in university. So to answer the long-winded version of your question, richness is really about harmonizing your feelings, harmonizing your nervous system and finding peace with the evolution of your life
0: and how much do you think society is lacking richness in the current climate
1: i think it's entirely lacking like if if you start paying attention to how the lack of richness exists it, we look at how we are angry all of the time and we we have good reason to be angry right there's lots of lots of things the last few years that have been really hard to handle, but I think it's a reflection of not choosing ourselves first or advocating for ourselves and and that becomes a, a really long winded question. but I think ultimately, when we learn to honor ourselves and live in alignment with that we we create a form of richness that catches on like wildfire people around us start going, Oh, there's something about her, that you know, and I I love to feel that and shift that. And I think the client, the current environment we have in our lifetime does not support it. So we have to choose and give ourselves permission to do it differently.
0: And how much, I mean, this is an interesting thing too, because sometimes, I mean, for me personally, I feel I do embrace the richness type of a life. And I, I also talk about on this podcast all the time, whatever you are not changing, you are choosing, right? You can choose to have the richness or you can choose not to, but stop bitching about it. and takes some responsibility for finding the richness, right? So often people are like, oh, my boss, oh, this, oh yeah, we'll make some changes then, right? Like no one's holding you to your job. Heck yeah. But, And when this richness comes, there's also times when you can lose friendships and relationships because people aren't meeting you where you're no longer like where you are at, like the new you, right? And that can trigger people and that can do, I mean, things can kind of spiral. And I think that's something that also people don't talk often about in the world of entrepreneurship, not only when you make more money, but when you grow collectively and what the word we're using here today is richness not everyone's going to stick by your side. So there can also be this, like a, a loss and grief period too, when you kind of shed these other things because you're flourishing in your new way and other people remain stuck. What are your thoughts around that?
1: Well, instead of fearing that, we embrace it. Mm-hmm. Like totally part of Part of richness is the evolution of growing into the wholeness of who we are. So mm-hmm. with money, we tend to take on a set of money rules growing up that are, you know, based on the people around us, parents, teachers, what have you. And so when we're walking in the richness of the of the life we seek, we can start learning to question the beliefs that we have. Mm-hmm. And part of that is, you know, when we're growing our businesses, we have certain beliefs, like it's going to be hard to make money. And then all of a sudden we start building and it's no longer hard to make money. And if we don't upgrade our thinking and our circles, We don't evolve and and get to the life we actually want. And so part of like not choosing richness is choosing to stay small and then resenting it and resenting it over and over and over again and saying like, oh, let me just complain about it. Let me just find reasons why I can't. And to me, that's choosing scarcity and hyper-focusing on what we don't have instead of walking in richness. Richness and evolution is about choosing... And questioning what no longer feels aligned and trusting that the the relationships that are meant for us are coming and releasing the ones that no longer serve us is not about, you know, no longer being a good person it's about embracing the time we had and making space and availability for that person to grow in their own right and to to find other reasons to grow and giving yourself permission to fly and and richness has grief moments you know we're, we're not taught to find importance in hard moments and for me part of the richness is stopping to to not just put revenue wins on an important target I also love to look at important struggle moments, you know, relationship breakdowns or failed launches or whatever it is, and find equal importance in that because it's nuggets of wisdom that help us evolve to the next form of richness that help ceilings become our floors, you know. So ultimately, I think like relationships that we're outgrowing, we need to learn to celebrate that. Mm -hmm. We need to have the ability to give thanks for what we've learned and cut cords to taking ownership. We are responsible to people, not for people. And part of our evolution is to stay true to that.
0: And I think there's also a notion too of the of the layer of all of this about forgiveness too, right? Because sometimes we have to let go of people and we can still hold on to anger or we can still hold on to resentments. But I've had to do a lot of forgiving in a way that works for me, right? I'm not saying if someone's like gone and killed someone, you're naturally like yay. But holding on to resentment and anger, right, doesn't serve anyone, and it's not going to help um, evolve into that richness of life we want. So, you know, there's also an element of having to look at, in my opinion, forgiving some people too that we have to let go of in order for us to grow for whatever reasons.
1: Well, anyone listening to this, you know, I one of the things I do with my clients often is put the forgiveness for ourselves. You know when when things happen we tend to hold it against ourselves as well as other people. And so as you're talking about that an exercise I invite people to think about is to sit into like I forgive myself for what? Because part of that is stopping the richness from moving forward because we subconsciously sometimes like to punish ourselves or keep ourselves small. And so you highlight something really important for other people but also I really believe it's about ourselves as well. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we know from the subconscious, there's three kind of core things that
0: kind of hold people back. I'm not enough, I don't belong, and I don't feel safe, right? And so that forgiveness, often what I see with clients is that it comes down a lot of times to enoughness, right? I'm not enough doing this, I'm not enough doing this, I'm not enough doing this. And, And it's been weaved throughout their life for a very long time. And so, again, that level of being able to forgive self, I think, is crucial for for future growth, whatever that richness and growth looks like. So, no, so no fantastic. As you can see, Selena and I are not hard-pressed to talk. We can talk, you know, a lot, the two Canadians. So, yes. Now, when we go back to inner wealth, I want we've talked a little bit about, about richness, and there could be an overlap here. But just to make sure we're on the same page and that the audience is on the same page, What do you mean when you say inner wealth magnifies your outer wealth? You've talked a little bit about the people of Ethiopia, for example, and you had said they had very limited outer wealth, but they had the inner wealth. Can you go a little bit
1: deeper so we're all on the same page? Yeah, and ultimately it comes down to, you know, enoughness and peace. Those, those two things are critical because when I spoke about the clients who were always looking for more, it's because they couldn't really be present to what they already had. And so enoughness is a question of like believing that we are enough and also deciding that our life now gets to be enough, even if we're unhappy in our life in some regards, that we can understand that our circumstances are not permanent and that there's always hope for the next iteration for us to grow. You know, there's that's one of the reasons why I believe mentorship is so important because often if if we're not feeling that enoughness, we can borrow someone else's belief in us until it becomes our own. Mm-hmm. So enoughness for me really comes down to like, you will believe in yourself, but you won't abandon yourself. You won't keep trying and following someone else's strategy just because it worked for them. Part of enoughness is saying like, okay, I like this strategy, but why, why would I do it? Does it truly feel aligned to me? You know, As a person, as a business owner, can I execute this from a place of my power rather than just executing it because someone else did it? Like really learning to walk in, the piece of our life. So understanding that it may not be perfect, but can sit in the celebration and the gratitude of small things and also choosing the enoughness to move forward. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, 100%. And I, and I definitely, you speak my language when it comes to you know that example of strategy. I mean, so many people say, I just want your strategy. And I'm like, well, that's not how it works. And no, like, it yeah. doesn't
1: work that way. They're like, but yeah, but I
0: paid you because I know you've done it this way. And I'm like, that way worked for me. I said, there might be parts of my strategy that we infuse for you, but we'll probably take bits and pieces from lots of different areas to make it your own. And a lot of times the women at the beginning can't cope with that because in their mind, they just thought, well, I'm just going to take end to strategy and implement it. And my thing is, is like, you can't carbon copy someone else's strategy because there's so many other variables that need to be considered. Family, time, money, location, business model. I mean, the list goes on. And so, again, I really appreciate you being able to infuse it into the conversation because, you know, for those that are listening, stop looking for the next blueprint. Stop looking for the next exact strategy and understand that that mentorship that you're going to get, in my opinion, a good mentor is going to build a strategy that works for your energy, your alignment yes. and everything else. Because if not, you know, then it may it may work. You know, you may do one launch and it might, you might just happen to get lucky and the stars were aligned and everything else was aligned, but long-term until you kind of lean into your own strategy and understand that we've got to do it for you, uh, it will fail at some stage.
1: I completely agree. And just to kind of harness in a little bit more on the peace element, you know, part of, of that, like, for example, the strategy, we need to be able to sit in what feels like peace like can we trust ourselves fully can we be completely honest and truthful why are we doing this strategy if it's directly just to get money it's not going to work it's not infused with your your excitement your fire your power your you know connectedness to your work and the ultimate impact you know like there's a there's a big piece of the the inner richness that isn't hollow it's saying look, I believe in this work fully. You know, I believe in what I'm doing. I, I trust myself to grow. I have faith in my work and I want to be unwavering in that because part of this work is like if, if the launch doesn't work the first time but you really believe in it you'll stand in the truth of who you are you'll make small iterations you'll make modifications and it can work the next time you know so having the inner richness really helps stabilize you to believe in yourself to to have the enoughness and walk in the peace of who you are and who you're becoming which then leads to outer richness
0: mm-hmm. 100% and i know for me again you use the word trust which i think is really important Women, and I say this collectively because I work more with women than I do with men, but there does seem to be at times that distrust with self, right? Yes. And, you know, I recently just had a refund close to $70,000 for, I used to run Australia's leading women in business retreat and a very small group of people, 50 plus people. And COVID came and we had to cancel and we had to cancel. And I was no longer like some of the speakers were having some demands, do you know what I mean? And they wanted this and they wanted that, which wasn't initially, right? And I just thought this is no longer an alignment. This no longer feels fun. You know, I want to be able to hug everyone every morning. I want to be doing this. I don't want to be doing all these COVID checks and all this. And so in August, we refunded everyone. Now, yes, it's not like every day you just want to refund close to 70K. Do you know what I mean? Of course not. But I had to trust and stay in alignment for who I am and what I stand for and what I role model. But in addition to that, that I'm letting go of something, and new, something new will come my way that is supposed to be where I'm supposed to be going. So, part of that decision was just again trusting myself and trusting that the next evolution, the next richness, is just around the corner. Uh, but if I would have held on to that, I believe I would have stayed stagnant in my growth. I would have questioned myself more. I would have got in my head, "This is what." I, I mean, obviously, I can't confirm that. It's just, but I, I suspect that would have happened. So, learning to trust myself has been key to the growth of my business and knowing and really having that faith that aligning yourself is always first. You know, I often talk on the podcast about burnout. When I see burnout for people, I'm like, it it simply means to me, you're unaligned. So if you're listening right now and you're burnt out, my question is, is where in your life, not just business, because your business, everything could be in alignment, but where else in your life are you no longer aligned? Because that is going to impact the business growth also.
1: I completely agree. And, and just quickly, I have a very similar example to uh, I had 52 women inside a mastermind and then the pandemic hit. So we started in January, the pandemic hit. And it just, we had, you know, some in-person things scheduled and it just couldn't exist like we had planned. And so I had to decide, make a hard decision that I was going to give them the opportunity to go. And over 10 people left in one day and it was a hundred thousand dollar loss. And I really had to trust that I was going to be okay because we have, you know, team and all of these things you've got, you know, bills. And I really sat into like, did I desire to hold this container with this many people? And in the honest full transparency, I heard no. And so after that, a few weeks later, I had another you know, idea come to mind, and we ended up doing well over two hundred thousand. So we more than made up for it. And I completely agree. Had I stuck with it, I really think that it would have cost me more beyond just the money. Just you know, some confidence, all of the pieces. So even if you're listening to this and you're like, "Oh my gosh," you know that feels like a lot of money, or you have to stick to it. You always can find an a integrity filled way to find business solutions that may feel hard, but uh, on the other side, those important things elevate who you are. They make you more aligned to what your work is.
0: And I believe, you know, too, in in a highly masculine mm, business era, we're moving, but not completely. Do you know what I mean? I do think that people forget about the alignment piece and that for me, like I didn't really learn about the alignment piece until probably really more four or five years ago, that would have been seven years in business, right? So it's like for me having these conversations about alignment when businesses are earlier on, I believe it's one of the fundamental tools that businesses need to learn right from the beginning versus waiting 10 to 12 years down the road to figure it out because I just don't feel that people talk more about it. So it's like I said, refreshing to hear that you're on the same page there, Selena. So now you've talked a little bit, but I want to know if there's any, I'm curious to know if there's anything else. And I'll tell you what my question is in your experience with working with so many amazing humans from around the world, both when you were in the you know, accounting side, and then obviously in the business side, what do you feel is holding people from reaching wealth the most?
1: I think getting honest with what they want in their life. Like if you ask people You know, they're like, oh, I just want to do X, Y, Z. And it's like, well, what does that give you? Those are really hollow answers. Like they're not sitting in their deepest truth. They're just looking around themselves externally and saying, oh, this person has that. I desire it. But really sitting with like, what is the quality of your life? And how do you want to spend it? If you go to the end of your life, what were you desiring to do rather than just pushing yourself to the next thing and being on autopilot and getting the next house because everyone else is doing that. And that's what society is telling us to do. It's like really sitting with, okay, if if I could just live in a way that feels truest to myself, what does that look like? We're not conditioned to ask ourselves those questions questions. We're conditioned to automatically go to school and pick a career that is, mm-hmm. is distinguished, or go into business and immediately have a hundred k month, you know, because that those are the bars that are set for us. But when I really sit with all kinds of clients, whether they're seven, eight figure, you know, six figure, or just starting out, I ask them the question: like, what is the quality of your life through this thing? You know, are you planning? vacations as you're starting out are you how much time do you actually want to work most people just push and bulldoze their way to a place and then find out when they reach that place it's not what they thought and there's emptiness and hollowness to their life so i like to be unapologetic about the truth of what's happening when i'm committing to a new offering truthfully asking myself am i doing this just for money or does this light me up and after you know Hearing the answer, trusting in that the truth is really important with richness because so many people end up with a life they don't actually want because they're striving for richness outside themselves instead of the truth of who they desire to be and have the highest quality of life possible.
0: And I know these are some of the conversations I've been having inside of my own mastermind and at some events I've been running around. There's this notion that in order to be successful, you must be a seven, eight, nine, ten figure business. And somewhere in this space, people have forgotten that success could be $100,000 a year. Success didn't mean, and when I say success, I use that word lightly. Let's say richness. Richness could be $100K per year, $250K per year, because the richness now is. They don't have to work all these hours. They don't have to have a big team. They get to do ballet on Mondays with kid number one. They get to do football on Tuesdays with kid number two. They've got four luscious holidays planned, do you know what I mean, to go and create memories. And they're okay with the 250K. They're okay with the 100K. And an understanding that what is your empire? And when I say empire, I'm not saying building big, but what is it that you want? And a lot of times they're like, oh, no one's given us permission to be okay with 100K k year. We, yeah. need, we need more. And it goes back to that core subconscious you know, triggering that we're talking about here is enoughness, being yes. okay with that.
1: Well, and that's precisely what I really embody in this brand is I continuously ask myself, what is the richness I want to walk in, in my life? And it's really shifted over the last five years. You know, I've really started valuing time richness more than ever. You know, I've really started looking at, you know, the potency of my work, not having to be the frequency of my work, Mm -hmm. how I've worked in the past, you know, the clients that I walk alongside and, and forever, as long as I've had this business, I've, I really believe that richness is unique, like a fingerprint. So your richness can look very different from someone else's, but it really comes back to the permission, the trust and the enoughness, because if you give yourself untethered permission to live in the quality of your life, you're going to set other people free in your community to do the same. If you start valuing, you know, Having freedom at a certain level and being unapologetic about it. There's going to be other people who watch you modeling that, going, "Wow, I'm I'm so inspired." You know, it's not just about trying to keep up with everyone else. And that's you. You nailed it for me when you said, "Give yourself permission." Have you even had an opportunity to ask yourself, "Do I want this?" You know, we when one of my clients a couple of months ago reached a hundred thousand dollar month, and I asked her, I said, "How does it feel?" And she's like, "Honestly." nothing like I thought. It it doesn't feel any different than a 10K month, but it was just something that I had decided I wanted. And so I said, are you going to go for another one? And she's like, I'm not sure, but I'm going to give myself permission to be intentional about my profit. Because Mm -hmm. what happened was in that hundred K month, her expenses went way up in her pursuit, which happens. It's normal. That's business. Sometimes these things happen, but what the important message that came out of that for her was, I desire to really plug into my profit and then recalibrate my ideas of richness around time, around team, around relationships, around the actual money in my bank account and how much time I want to show up to my work each and every month. And so for me, I was celebrating her and and ultimately I invite you if you're listening to this to really think about, you know, if you have any bouts of resentment or annoyance about how much you're working, give yourself permission to change it. It must begin with you. If you're annoyed at how you're earning, I invite you to look at your revenue streams and really ask: like, are these truly lighting your soul on fire? Are you so aligned and fired up to talk about it, and it really feels like work you want to do? Because sometimes we keep revenue streams because they've always made money for us, but Ooh. we evolve as CEOs, and sometimes we all grow programs. Like really asking yourself the hard questions, like do I still want to do this? And do I desire to have more time off? And do I want this big team? Like you were saying, like we need to ask ourselves these questions because sometimes those big revenue markers aren't exactly what we need to live in the richness of, of the life we desire the most.
0: And I think, again, also having space to reflect, I think also we go from the next thing to the next thing to the next thing that we don't have the space to be able to look at it. And, you know, I'm just at time of recording. We're going into Australia the way it works for those that aren't in Australia is we've got 6 weeks leave during Christmas because it's our summer so December and Jan and then we've got 2 weeks off at Easter 2 weeks off in June July 2 weeks off in September October so we're about to enter into the next 2 weeks. And whenever I do my yearly planning I typically check into a hotel for 3 days and like I, I'm not I don't speak to anyone I plan my entire year. But Last year was the, I've always planned my vacation days. That's never been a big thing, but I tried something else this year where I said during those months where we've got those two weeks. Do you know I mean two weeks in kind of for Easter, two weeks in June, July, and two weeks in September, we will make sure that the clients still get everything they need in their masterminds and, and in the programs, but it will be there at the beginning or the end. So there'll be a little bit more busyness, quote, unquote, more calls or whatever. But the two weeks that we have school holidays, I'm taking off from now on. And I had to sit with going, what are my clients going to think? Do they think the program's going to be enough? Am I not there? Did you not know I mean blah, blah, blah. But that's how I was able to go back home to Canada for three weeks is that everything was taken care of. But, and I was able to really have that richness that I've been wanting more than ever before and, and being okay that my clients will be okay. But more importantly, Selena, it was about role modeling to them that you don't have to be on all the time. You can still have a successful business and still take the time off, right? And, yes. and I've also, I mean, I've had people like, how dare you? Like some people are like, you've been negligent. I'm like, I haven't you ask any of my clients, they still had everything that they needed for any of their programs. But also as a business consultant, I never want to create a codependency with my people that they think they need me in order for their business to be successful. My thing is about I'm just a tool to help them when they need it. But their business will come down to also them taking their own actions, right? So them being able to figure out them leaning on the other people in the mastermind to ask questions, they don't always need me. So But the reason why I've been able to get there is I've had space to plan out what I want in my life for richness. I've had space to plan out what my year looks like, and I've had to be okay with creating that space.
1: You said something really powerful just there when you said, you know, someone may come to you and say, well, that feels negligent. And I think that's part of the richness conversation is like being willing to hold the truth for yourself. and having the hard conversations as needed to get to the next evolution, because really what's happening when someone's saying that is they're just projecting their fears. And if you had a codependent relationship with that person, you may immediately go, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. You know, and, and here you're like, I'm modeling this so that my clients can feel free to do the same And in that, you are responsible to and not for, which is what codependency in my mind is. So I love this because it is evolution. It's allowing yourself to get closer to the richness of the life you want, which is more space. And I believe in space, we actually, you know, the slowdown, if you will, we get to the heart of what we actually want. Because if we're always moving on to the next thing, next thing, next thing, and pushing, we never actually learn what we want. And so to me, it's, you know, modeling what we want, like you said, but also challenging the narratives for people. Cause that person, when you held that for her and said, look, this is, this is, you know, you're not telling it to her, but it is her fear projection. And when you allow safe space and to be met with neutrality to say, you know, this is how I feel. It gives her permission to heal that if she desires to, and if she's not ready, she won't. And that's not your responsibility either way, but that's an example of peace. You know, there's going to be a lot of people who don't like what we're doing. And can you still stand in the peace of what you're growing, even when there's fear, even when there's risk. And ultimately when you do, it sets you free.
0: Oh gosh, 100%, right? And I, and it is, you, you know, you talk about that projection that was about having that conversation, but also her fears was like, oh, this is my first time in the mastermind. And, and am I going to get everything out of the program that I need? And there's only 12 months. And I was like, hold on a minute. Do you know what I mean? Like there's more than enough That's time. Time, right? time scarcity.
1: And you get yes. to model to her that 12 months is an abundance of time, right?
0: Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so it's a, it was about her, all, her coming from almost a place of lack. But it was in that fear. And but again, being able to talk about that. And I think that's where, in my opinion, good mentorship comes from when you can have those conversations and hold that space for people and not be on the defensive. Right. Because that fear to them is is a genuine fear, but being able to show them a different way than what they've always seen.
1: So something I just want to quickly add here is that I've come up with this kind of tagline for one of our masterminds and it's retiring from anything I no longer love. Mm
0: -hmm. And I think
1: that that gets to make space for the next evolution of our containers. And it, it really allows a ripple effect for other people to just create money from the truest form of peace. And it, it feels so differently than force and push. And so I just felt called to share, like that's in essence what you're doing. You're like, I'm giving myself space. I'm retiring from the thoughts that I felt like I had to do, you know?
0: When I am saying, and again, you use the word throughout the podcast evolution. I remember being in Canada and I woke up at like, no, sorry, I was in Idaho. Sorry, Idaho, but one of the I was hanging out with the Canadians and I remember waking up at one o'clock in the morning and I was instant panic. I was like, oh my God. And I, the panic was like this, like, I haven't, It came from just going like what I've been used to doing, you know, it was about two the end of the second week going into the third week. And I was like, oh my goodness, what are my clients going to think? What are people going to think? Is my business okay, right? And I had to sit in that panic. It doesn't mean that we still don't, like you can't ever just get rid of all those feelings. Like you can rewire and you can retrain, but it doesn't mean that there's still some We're residue still human. Left, right? Yeah, you're still human. And so I was like, oh my God, oh my God. And so I had to get out and journal. And then the next morning, I actually went for a walk around the lake. And I was like, okay, it's all going to be okay. But I, because I've done some of the inner work, I knew where it was coming from right and now what I could have done is like got on the laptop and instantly went back to my old ways but I really had to sit mean in that discomfort and really reflect on what was going on and kind of push through it so I was glad that I did but sometimes even when you have it all worked out and it still feels good you can still have a brief moment where you panic right where you're just like oh shit um, but being able to get have space to reflect on it know where it's coming from and again trust that it's all going to be okay that's what I had to do
1: And if you would have stayed in your panic and let it overtake, you know, your vision or your peace or your enoughness, you would have acted in misalignment, you know? And so Mm -hmm. I love how you articulated that because it was like recalibrating yourself back to your richness. So like, no, they can hold this. I can hold this. This panic is a human experience. And as the visionary, I can sort this out. I trust myself to Find the answers. I trust myself to step into the next level.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I And again, trust comes down to so much. Now, one of the things that I know you often talk about is connection is currency. Can you expand on this and how it intersects
1: with wealth and richness? Yeah, especially for us business owners. Like when we think about the whole idea of revenue building, for me, connection is currency is really about connecting to the heart and soul of people and helping them feel seen and heard and celebrated. It's about Marketing in a way that feels deeply authentic. So people feel something and desire to go on a journey with you. Like true, real connection is felt. It is seen, it is heard, it is an unstoppable force for good. And when we are really the truest versions of ourselves, people who feel misaligned to us know right away. It's like warning signs or like, ew, I don't, I don't like that person or whatever. Mm -hmm. But when we are uh, absolutely truest to ourselves. And we are unapologetic about connecting with others who are the same way as us. It creates an unstoppable connection. And for me in my business, I've really been focused on relationships as I know you are for a decade or more. Mm-hmm. And it just creates this momentum and trajectory for long term relationships built on integrity and trust. It's not transactional at all. And so when I think about connection, it's really allowing myself to be transparent and vulnerable, but not, you know, oversharing or trying to create codependency. It's really about saying, like, okay, in this container, you know, what what part of me shows up here and how can that connect to other people? You know, how can I share a story that my fire connects to them and they feel lit up and they want to move. So it could be connection in a small way where you share something on social media and someone just says, Oh my gosh, I I feel seen here. Like, thank you for sharing this. I needed to hear this today. It, It doesn't have to mean that they immediately convert as a client, but it just allows us to really give ourselves permission to be the leader that connects in in all forms, in marketing, in client relationships. And it creates this momentum where people want to stay with you for the long term. I have had clients with me for six plus years in my mastermind, and I have new people jumping in all the time. And I think that the feedback I've heard the most is just, thank you for being so entirely real. Like, when shit hits the fan, you'll, you'll tell people about it. Like you'll, you'll give us behind the scenes. You're honest, you're, you committed to the truth. And I've just been in a lot of, you know, programs cause we've been in this game a long time, if you will, that where people just won't tell behind the scenes or they won't tell the, the moments where people really could learn something. And I think connection is ultimately, you know, letting people see the real you and being willing to hold that space.
0: And I mean, again, we talked, there's some common threads, space, right? Evolution, richness, you know, and all of those things. Again, I'm also curious to know, how much do you feel in your opinion, that healing and spirituality play into or don't play into wealth and richness?
1: So let's be completely fact-based. You can have a ton of wealth and not be connected to spirituality at all. Mm -hmm. But in my Mm -hmm. experience, entering into the realm of money, If we only look at the numbers, we're missing such an entirely huge component. Like when we really step into um, spirituality in the realm of like, how does this make us feel or learning to incorporate practices that honor our highest self, you know, spirituality is, is a really multifaceted thing with tons of modalities. So there's different varying degrees. I just think it gives us a bit of an eagle eye view on the quality of our life. So we can't just look at numbers. We need to look at themes and patterns. And to me, spirituality is, is a gateway of truth. It helps us see things that we weren't able to see before. And so that's a unique path for us all. But to me, in my own personal life, as I started stepping into you know silent retreats, I was really uncomfortable with it, but it recalibrated my energy to be, be comfortable being uncomfortable. And so spirit, small spiritual practices in my life have been deeply transformative and have thereby become available for me to have more peace, establish more enoughness, to process my thoughts with more compassion, and to really have a neutral nervous system, which is really needed as a CEO.
0: Yeah, I mean, again, we talk about the nervous system, right? So many people's nervous system is completely shocked. They're getting, and again, if you think about nervous systems and how that's connected to sleep, I mean, sleep is an essential part of functioning regardless, like just in general, right? But yet people continue to run on bodies being scattered, fueled with coffee, fueled with alcohol, fueled with drugs, fueled with whatever. And they're just running from this, like, I don't know, this crazy, I vibration, I guess you could say, right? Because they're dependent on other things to get them to where they're going. And that eventually that's going to be exhausting within itself.
1: Well, it's numbness. And we were Mm -hmm. talking about, you know, burn, burning out before. Well, quickly, I burned out after eight years. Well, I had an elevated cortisol for like all of those eight years and cortisol creates inflammation in your body, which of course I got an autoimmune disease. Like I, I see that in direct correlation to not listening to my nervous system and, and spiritual practices help me understand my own body. And I think that for me, it's been deeply transformative in the richness state because it's given me unfiltered permission to trust my body.
0: Dude, I love it. Again, trust, right? Trust, 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 ladies. Now one, I know we're going to have to start wrapping up because we both are a hard finish today. We've got kids to drop off our kids to pick up a combination of things. So I'd love to know for those that are listening out there, they're like, okay, this has been a great conversation. You guys always keep it real. And I'm like, but it's that world of overwhelm and where do I start? And then it becomes too hard. So then I'm not going to do anything from this podcast today. So my question to you before we kind of start wrapping up is what's one thing people can start thinking about, reflecting about, or doing to help them really step into the richer life that they've been wanting.
1: Ask yourself, like, which pieces of my life feel like they don't contain peace or I don't feel enoughness. And just to write them down, you don't need to change everything. Like when I look at the quality of my life, it it improves over time. And I just say like, I don't need to change everything. I can work on one thing, which ultimately will move into other things. So I would just take a honest inventory of your business, which pieces feel misaligned or like there's a lack of peace there, or it's hitting your not enoughness and just sit with that. And then revisit it from time to time and say, what is one thing that I could then look to shift the belief on or have more aligned thoughts to a rich life I'd like? And then through that upgraded belief, pick a strategy that feels like I could do it, that feels like something I can get behind and then execute from that power. So to me, it always begins with getting absolutely honest with the pieces of my life that no longer feel aligned because we're going to continue to evolve. We don't want to stay playing small, but we don't have to solve every single one of them today. So give yourself compassion. Know that this work is powerful, but it doesn't have to be all done today. Do that inventory. Say, what's the belief that lives behind here and how can I upgrade it? And from that upgraded belief, there's a strategy I can execute and I trust myself to do it.
0: I love it. And I also think that once, well, I know personally that when I asked my ex for a separation didn't mean on Christmas and then he moved out in March, March was my biggest revenue month to date, right? But also that month I had to lawyer up for a client and there's all these things. And I remember my own coach saying at the time, he said, you only wanted to shift one thing but when you shift one thing, inevitably other things will start to realign, even though you may yes. not have wanted it. Right. And so it was really a beautiful evolution. If we want to use that word in March, because I was like, fuck, you know, he's leaving all this good. I've got the money, all this. like." And I had to really, again, it was a bit of a crazy kind of head fuck that month. Cause you're like, what the fuck's going on? But I get it now. Right. Is that I chose one thing to realign was that I was un, in unalignment with my partner. And I knew that it was contributing to other parts of my world. But when I realigned that all these other beautiful things to realign like even though I had a lawyer up for this client that had did something wrong the reality was is that wasn't the right client right I was just realigning yes. and and knowing and trusting that everything will work out the way it needs to so it was a powerful month but again I do believe when you start to shift just one thing other things it's like a domino effect will just start to naturally realign and you don't even have to do anything like that was the beautiful thing really about it I didn't have to do too much for other things to start kind of domino affecting.
1: And it's really, like I said earlier, that creates a ripple effect. It always does. So when we choose ourselves, when we step into our truth, to me, it's like meeting the universe halfway. Mm-hmm. I'm here. I'm in. Let's go. I'm walking in my power, right? It's. I'm zero surprised, but also honoring you as you walk through that. But also, of course, because I, I also have iterations of that story that showcase in my life where it's like you choose yourself, even though it was hard. There was lots of hard choices and hard conversations in what you just said. But when you actually pick the one thing, boom, in an authentic way, creates a ripple effect of change that is, to me, ultimately enhancing our richness.
0: And for me, it was about, you know, again, distrusting and, and knowing that we can all do hard things. We might not think we can, but we generally can all do hard things. It wasn't easy, but you know what I mean? We can do it. Right? Now, listen, this has been an episode filled with awesomeness. And so for those that are like biting at the bit to go, how do I get to hang out with Selena a little bit more? Where can I find her? How can they connect with you, my friend?
1: So come hang out with me, at Selena Gray. Um, and... You can come hang out on my website, uh, selenagray.com. So I'd love to continue some chats with everyone on how they feel about this topic. Because, you know, sometimes it's, it's easy and sometimes it feels hard. But either way, you can change your relationship with richness.
0: Dude, I love it. Now, I have one final question that I like to ask all of my guests. What do you know now that you wish you knew when you first started out in business?
1: That... When I make a decision, I can always recover from it. I felt like the stakes were really high in the beginning. And so I would not choose from a place of my power. I would just choose to keep moving. And now it's like the decision, no matter what, I will always learn from it, evolve through it and be stronger for it. And ultimately, I really believe that for those of us who feel the call to business and it's just always going to get better. The more we do the hard work, it will come to fruition.
0: Dude, I love it. Ooh, I love it. What a great episode. And I always, always love hanging out with you, Selena. So thank you so much for your time today. I wish I was back home eating some ketchup, potato chips and drinking ref- you know, refills. Do on- you I mean soda? Cause we don't have that in Australia. Oh before- man,
1: I got to send you some. <laughs>
0: I know we don't, but before we sign off, please remember that my team and I will be putting together the show notes for this episode at AngelaHenderson.com.au. Have a fabulous day, you amazing human, and I look forward to you joining me next week for another amazing episode of the Business and Life Conversations podcast. Thanks again, Selena. I appreciate you. Thanks for listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast with Angela Henderson. www.angelahenderson.com.au